0: Today's show is sponsored by College Humor's Dropout, a new subscription service bringing you ad-free uncensored comedy, like the brand new series Total Forgiveness. In that show, two friends issue each other insane challenges for a chance to pay off their student loans. It's like a prank war, but with prizes and leeches. So try Dropout for free today at dropout.tv. Plus, for a limited time, get 10% off with code cracked when you sign up. Folks, you're about to hear a live Los Angeles episode of our show... What if you saw one yourself in a city besides L.A.? We're coming to Chicago, Illinois, April 11th at Lincoln Hall with guests Sarah Sherman, Maya Dukmasova, and Jane Daly. Then we are in St. Paul, Minnesota at Amsterdam Bar and Hall on April 12th with guests John Moe, Chloe Radcliffe, and Elaine Tyler May. Ticket links are in the footnotes, And I hope you'll uh, come get the true live experience in brand new cities that we haven't done this in before. It's new. It's wild. I'm very excited. And I'll see you there. Hey there folks, welcome to another episode of the Cracked Podcast. The podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt and I'm the head of podcasting here at Cracked. I'm also known as Schmitty the Clam, I'm also known as Schmitty the Champ, and I am also also going to tell you about one of my favorite thought experiments. Imagine that one morning, the day started like any other, but with one big difference. All humans had vanished. What would the earth be like? without people obviously much quieter but what would actually happen the idea is, is the world without people. Uh, that that was a, a very big piece uh, that came out in Discover Magazine and has since been adapted into a show and a whole concept. It's the idea of we have the world we have now. Suddenly, all the people vanish. What happens, right? How quickly does the New York City subway flood? How quickly does nature reclaim most of the cities, you know? And I think there's a very chill, very poppy version of that thought experiment we can do. And I was so excited about doing it, we made it an entire live episode of this show in Los Angeles. Taped on Oscars night eve, we did the thought experiment of what would happen if the Oscars went away. That makes sense for you, right? The way I laid it out, like we have the entertainment industry we have, we have the culture we have, and then suddenly, boom, there are no more Oscars, no more Academy Awards. That's no longer something driving the movie industry and a lot of other industries what changes? What, uh, what happens? Do we miss them? Do we uh, just feel glad they're gone? It's time to find out by doing that thought experiment. I have amazing guests for this live show, and I want you to just hear them, and then uh, we'll get into more of who they are and all those other things later. So, please sit back, or sit clutching your Oscars statuette, hoping it won't uh, vanish like Thanos has snapped his fingers or something like that. Either way, enjoy this live episode of The Crack Podcast from UCB Sunset Theater with... Dan Hopper, Amy Nicholson, Caitlin Gill, and Danielle Radford. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. First up, uh, you know I'm as a writer for Cracked and for College Humor and so many other places. Please put your hands together for Dan Hopper, guys. Hey. There we go. Hey, everyone. Yeah. How are you feeling? Good. Good. Next up, she uh, was a writer for Monsters and Misfits on True TV and is an amazing comedian. Please welcome Caitlin Gill. Caitlin Gill, guys. Hi, hello. Hello, hi. Next up, uh, uh, amazing comedian and writer and uh, one of the hosts of Tights and Fights, which is a podcast you should be hearing. Please welcome Danielle Radford. Yeah. Hey Danielle. Also, our final guest. Uh, she's an amazing uh, professional film critic and uh, one of the hosts of Earwolf's Unspooled, which is another fantastic podcast. Please welcome Amy Nicholson. Amy Nicholson. Hey. Hi. Amy. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the Oscars tomorrow, as we tape this. The, the whole show is going to be happening. I feel like it's a little bit of a weird one, right? Like, this is a different run-up than it usually is. What are you talking
1: about? I am so excited. (laughs) I have got Oscar fever. Burn, baby, burn.
2: (laughs) It's also very, like, I feel like this is an Oscars that a lot of people who don't normally watch are interested in just to see if something catches on fire. Yeah, this is my favorite Oscars
3: in a very, very, very long time, maybe since Titanic, because it is an absolute potential disaster. It's exciting for the first time in forever. And I'm like hoping for absolute chaos, anger, frustration, madness, somebody tripping on
1: something. Like, Is this what level of crazy? Are we talking the... Because the La La Land Moonlight switcheroo, I was really hoping that was peak Oscar madness, but this
2: hostless... Mania, how are they gonna, what do you foresee? I think this is at least a Golden Globes level, if nothing else. <laughs> this is a Golden Globes <laughs> I, level I, I, of, we're drunk and no one can figure out stairs, but like maybe elsewise. And I want
3: like active booing in the audience when say Green Book wins, and like oh, rotten ah. cabbages thrown at the stage. I want like absolutely like <laughs> Shakespeare in the pit of darkness, like chaos, and all just the, the peasants in their fancy dresses going insane.
0: Whoever brings a cabbage and throws it is my new favorite. Person in Hollywood. Actor, <laughs> producer, anybody. Yeah. Get the, your cap. It's going to be an editor. You know it. It's going to be an editor. Because oh. because uh, also, we in the run-up to this, we came up with a lot of predictions and a lot of ideas and things. And one thing, Caitlin, you mentioned, uh, it was pretty specific to Glenn Close, uh, but also just oh, the overall idea... Oh, we're going there already? Yeah, I'll come out Oh, yeah, hot. yeah. Yeah, we're going in hot. Let's uh, talk Glenn! Because the, the overall idea that, like, oh, if, okay. if we lose the Oscars... <laughs> Uh, stop
4: promoting your podcast (laughs) let's talk
1: Glenn yeah if you just recorded me in my natural environment it would evolve into a Glenn Close based podcast and it's
2: actually oh god I'm not going to do it oh now I have to it's actually called The
0: Wife
2: (laughs) 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 I'm I'm really glad you did it I am
0: very confused why there's not a standing ovation honestly
1: they're just weird. It's like light and sound moves. It hasn't even reached them yet.
0: Um, uh,
1: I feel, uh, and we were talking a little bit about, uh, we, this has come up a few times, that we don't give Oscars to the right people anyway. Right. We are bad at giving them out. If we weren't bad at giving them out, Glenn Close would not be able to rise from the pile of Oscars under which she would be forced to live. There's not, the fact that Glenn Close doesn't just swim in a pool of Oscars. Isn't just, right. I mean, I, I, I don't understand it. And it, uh, even if she wins for The Wife, uh, who saw The Wife?
0: <laughs> you did <laughs> single,
1: The Wife is an incredible that film, was the of husband. course it's amazing,
0: yeah. <laughs> but I mean,
1: Fatal Attraction we're still talking about and that's from 1980 question mark. It's amazing to me. <laughs> Do you know who she lost to that year? Share. And look, Cher did a great job. What an incredible
2: performance. Well, she slapped a dude, and we'll share. never.
1: But we gave it to Cher because it was like, look at you, person we didn't think could do a thing. You did the thing. It's like the, you know, we trained you to do a backflip, but you just jumped through the fire hoop. Give it an
2: award. Well, we'll not make the same mistake this year. Sorry, exactly. Gaga. It's going to
1: happen again. And I don't understand, or it could happen again. We don't know. that. As yeah. of this recording, I do not know if Glenn Close has received justice. But even if she does, it doesn't erase the stain on history that was every time she lost. It just doesn't make sense to me. That like we don't award people for their best performance, but don't worry. You'll get one for some garbage movie you do later. Not that we were talking yeah. about Jennifer Lawrence. So I thought Winter's Bone was a worthy performance. I don't think she has an Oscar that says Winter's Bone on it. She has, <laughs> what is it, American Hustle? I can't even get the name of that movie right because I forgot it as I was watching
2: it. <laughs> hey, remember how Denzel does not have an Oscar that says Malcolm X on it? What the? Why? Ah, I don't understand. Whoa.
0: Yeah. It's uh, yeah. This uh, we would almost be eliminating uh, just source of frustration at all times in terms of everybody's careers being evaluated. That would be nice.
2: Well, I mean, that's and and uh, Black Klansman. I do think it's a great movie. I'm happy that Spike's got one, but this is his career. This is his career achievement. One, right? This is his like. Oh well, soon you're going to retire and just go to Knicks games. So I guess we should (laughs) give you this one.
3: And he literally did just get the career achievement like a year ago.
2: and so they're just
3: giving it to him again in a different form but like what you guys are describing is I find like the problem which is this Oscars kind of spillover they give it to the wrong person one year so then they have to give it to the other wrong person later it's like when they gave it to Tommy Lee Jones when um, for um, The Fugitive when Leonardo DiCaprio should have won for being Gilbert Grape and then like we just keep getting all these disasters of Leonardo DiCaprio winning for like performances where he just combs his hair straight back and doesn't talk to people and it's just like this continuing domino chain well didn't Leo
1: I'm bad at trivia so correct me if I'm wrong and it is quite possible that I am but didn't Leo go on that career defining I am going to be the best actor run of movies that was just like I'm trying so hard yeah he like until he crawled into a bear that we
2: were like yeah all right I guess yeah he like abandoned the pussy posse and was like I'm sorry I must leave you this journey I can only do alone (laughs) This beard-wrapped of pussy will now reek of bear guts and snow, fake snow that my makeup artist
1: has to crawl into a bear to tape on me. I don't know why we made him suffer so. And I don't think the movies he made in quest of that best actor award were the coolest movies we could have gotten out of Leo. They get more
3: boring in this stage. They get so boring. He has
2: been boring ever since Titanic. I agree. (laughs) He's
0: just like different
2: accents and like different... Because I know that the way that we judge these awards now is like, how much weight can you put on and what kind of Southie accent can you do?
1: Yes. (laughs) Um. Or if if you're Christian Bale, it's how much weight can you put on and suppress your own accent? Or how much weight can you lose and then be a Southie as well? Because wasn't, didn't in the boxing movie, that movie where he hit people, the fighter, and he gets all scary skinny and has to talk like that? I mean, come on. (laughs) Give him every award. Why are we? I
2: don't understand. Sorry, I derailed the Christian no, he No, he's going to do some great thing where he's like, well, I guess I have to do Nazis. <clears throat> you haven't given it to me for anything oh, no. else. So I guess now I have to be a Batman that punches Nazis in oh, the face. No. And he'll be like 70 and we'll be like, give that man an award. It's time. And it's like we could have done it earlier. But that's one of the great things about like now they're kind of mixing it up. They're letting like more younger people into the academy. And these old folks are just going to have to die. They do, yes. They <laughs> do but literally have to die. But yeah. until they do, we're going to get Green Book until we die. Yeah,
0: they're. Green Book uh, is
2: winning. I'm sorry, guys. I wouldn't we'll, be surprised we'll if see. your prediction is right about that. No, I it's going to win. Yeah.
1: Vegas says Roma, uh, but maybe Vegas isn't, doesn't have their finger on the pulse of this industry like
2: they think they do. So I hate this, and I wish it wasn't true, but apparently one of the things that's going around is that a lot of the older dudes are voting for Green Book, which, again, is such a... Classic, like, oh, a white man teaches me that black people are people, vote kind of movie. um, That a lot of the older folks are going to vote for it because they don't want to vote for Roma. They don't want to give it to Netflix because they know that that's a game changer. Yeah. I want to see Green Book win. Like, when Green Book wins, I'm going to just
3: like howl at the TV. I'm going (laughs) to, I like, I'm going to have my own cabbage. I'm going to throw it at my friend's screen because it's perfect i mean i think in a year that is such a disaster green book has to win it has to just like this horrible stain because where we are here's the type of movie that the oscars love right i'm a hero and in the third act i'm like at my low point and what am i doing and everything's wrong and everybody hates me That's what the Oscars is right now. They're like at that low point. They're like drunk in a corner. They're in an alley. Everybody's mad at them. They're going to give the award to Green
1: Book. Oh, man, it's
3: like the end of the second act. Oh, no. And from here, they'll get better, but only if they
1: give it to Green Book. You're right. Everybody has to hit a bottom. This is why I wish we didn't have the Oscars as our only rubric or such an important rubric. Just let Green Book be Green Book. Some of our grandmas need a Green Book. Some people are going to be touched and reached by this movie let it be a, a movie you watch on the plane. It yeah. doesn't have to be compared to any other picture to be the best picture, because it it isn't... To compare it to the favorite, to compare oh. the favorite to Bohemian Rhapsody, to compare Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody to A Star is Born, even! And I didn't let... You, it just doesn't make any sense to me. These aren't comparable movies and crowning one as the best is totally bizarre green book is the best movie to take your grandmother to the favorite is where you go on your lesbian date black panther is where you go with all your friends to say that you have black friends even though they're on the screen it's important (laughs) for something they all have their oscars is
3: going to last 12 hours with all those awards i'm like here for that
1: (laughs) I understand why people like competition as an entertainment device, uh, but it's the same way I feel about comedy competitions as a comedian. You can't compare. You can't win or lose. (laughs) It's art. It serves its own purpose. You know, hanging a little star on it doesn't give it anything more or less than it was already...
0: I, I think that might lead to something amy suggested too because uh the oscars from what you're saying i'm realizing it's almost art sports you know yes and amy suggested if we lose the oscars then we only have the super bowl as like <laughs> a tentpole of of just all of american culture shows up to watch this thing and that would be strange
3: <laughs> well yeah i mean that's what's happening right now is the oscars is freaking out about ratings because they're only the number two most watched show in the entire year like number two
2: <laughs> is not good enough.
3: and they're just like how do we be number one and they'll never be number one because their commercials aren't as good or whatever or like you can't bet on them quite as fun i guess you can
2: it's an easier bet if you're just oh, betting you one or
3: two okay <laughs> all right, all right.
2: We're it also feels rigged again it's a rigged like thing and i think that's why a lot of people don't do as much voting on the oscars it's not necessarily the same as like a a, a two, like sports, like these dudes hit the other dudes in the head (laughs) until they all, until they all die or murder their kids. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like that's how it works. They define who we are. You know what I mean?
3: For a year. When we Mm -hmm. look back at 1959, if we're like, what was 1959 like? We're like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't think it was Ben-Hur, but I'm just going to say Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur won a bunch of Oscars. Everybody must have loved Greek things or Roman things. Everybody was like <laughs> running around in togas. It's been like a year since I've seen Ben-Hur. Sorry.
0: Right. And Jesus was been, crushing like, it. It was great. He horses yeah.
3: left and right. And like we just, we just assumed that everything in that year when a Best Picture won is basically that year. Hmm. Yeah. And so... If we just have the Super Bowl, that's like horrible. We're gonna be judged by like the most boring Super Bowl
1: games of all time. We need at least (laughs) something artsy. What would become our cultural touchstone for film? If we didn't have the Oscars, what would we use? Like, how would we pick a movie? I wonder if that instinct would stay the same, that we'd find like our summer jam. I'm thinking, because we don't let the Grammys define what. Music necessarily defined our year the same way that Oscars do. But you know what? But you know the Summer Jam.
2: Yeah. But How do you think we'd pick our movie of the year? The Summer Jam concerts, where you get to go and watch all of these top forty artists. I mean, I guess you would call them film festivals, except ones that were accessible to other people. Hmm. Um, and then also maybe someone twerks, and that would make it entertaining. Sick. Will there be drugs? <laughs> there'd have to. Oh no, no there
3: have to. be.
0: <laughs> well, and uh, and in terms of that, like accessibility. Danny picked out something really interesting, which is that it's just a, a thing about the current Oscars that the last like ten to fifteen years we suddenly stopped having famous Oscar winners or like Oscar winners that everybody cares mm-hmm. about, and but before that they were the biggest movies. Yeah.
4: Yeah, the, it's a weird recent trend, and I'm usually the type of person who argues like, oh, things have things are cycles or things have always been this way, but one definite, definitive difference between the Oscars now and the Oscars in the 90s for a number of reasons. The winners of these last 15 years are movies that are forgotten the Tuesday after the Oscars airs. No one has talked about Birdman, Argo, the shape of water won last year. like, who is talking about that? The artist like, vanished from existence like after it won the Oscar. I don't think there's like even a physical copy of it that exists. Like, it has not been mentioned since the uh, between the Oscars and this podcast. This is a historic event, actually. and I liked it. There, I, I thought it was a good movie, but it just vanishes. Whereas in the nineties, maybe uh, it was the types of movies that won were a little more like epic mainstream movies. Plus it was like the rise of basic cable and like the need to show movies over and over again. But like if you turn on TV now, you will see every single week on basic cable, you'll see Shawshank Redemption, Titanic, Forrest Gump, Gladiator, Silence of the Lambs, those movies last year. I'm
3: proud to say that Shawshank did not win the Best Picture Yeah, it didn't win. (laughs) It was nominated.
4: Yeah.
1: (laughs) What did win that year? Do you remember? Something better. better. Forrest Gump, I think.
3: I'm willing
4: maybe not. I don't know. That is crazy. (laughs) Really? Was that, it was Gump versus Shawshank? Gump beat... Pulp Fiction too. Do you see
2: what I mean? Yeah. This is a totally irrelevant. Yeah. Conference. Like how Fargo didn't win, you guys. Yeah. I know for some reason I think we all think that Fargo won. Fargo did not win. Francis yeah.
4: McDormand won, I think, and they were like,
1: "That's yeah. fine." Like,
2: yeah. Well, I think I answered a question I posed
1: earlier: how we choose our favorite movie of the year. We just sort of mentally award it Best Picture, like whether or what we it won yeah. or not. It was like, well, remember when Fargo was the Best Picture? Not in terms of the Oscars, but in terms right. of the way we felt about Fargo.
0: My brain just gave The Favourite a statue as I was walking out.
1: I haven't, I have not yet seen The Wife. I am a criminal Glenn Close fan, but I have seen The Favourite. You haven't
3: even seen The Wife.
1: I know. I, so I did miss it, uh, and of course I'm going to see it. I'm sure I can see it on a screen in, that fits in my home and be equally moved. Whereas The Favourite was this like wild, captivating experience. And if Olivia Colman isn't the best actress of the year, I don't know what to do. Like Glenn needs right. to win because Glenn needs that statue, but it's not her year. It's Olivia's year. Yep. I feel like those actresses would get into a room and just scrawl the name Olivia into an empty statue. <laughs> it's hers and it might not be hers because Glenn is owed.
0: So continued spillover. Yes. Like we continue yep. to push people back. I think I even heard that, not that he necessarily deserves to win it, but like Bradley Cooper probably won't get best director or he wasn't even nominated for one of those, but he won't get best director because he's so young. People were like, ah, he, he'll he die so far from now. We can one. just yeah. give it yeah. to oh, him well, later. But,
2: yeah. but also, I mean, which is crazy. I mean, yeah, part of it is we all know that, like, it's his directorial debut, blah, blah, blah. It also wasn't the best directed movie of the
0: year. Sure.
3: <laughs> but <laughs> also, he could be a drunk driver. We don't know what's going to happen to him. We don't know if he's got, like... 50 yeah. years or two
1: years. We've been very focused on best picture and that's telling of why maybe the Oscars aren't as relevant because we're not honoring all the other people that make movies. Like, we care about yeah. picture and actors and the rest of the show is like, yadi yadi yadi. you wrote the music, congratulations. Like Guillermo del Toro's tweets was just like, oh, cinematographers are what make movies and without editors you can't have movies. Yeah. Like, that's if that's where we are in the late second act bottoming out of the Oscars that we're not even showing it's editors, the, that's wild. The guy from like the
4: Netherlands that did did the sound effects editing where they start playing the wrap it up like before he's like even gotten out of his seat. Right. Like, it's just like,
2: <laughs> come on, I we, hate, from we hate you. This, and they, yeah, yeah, back down. I punched frozen meat. <laughs> Let me have this thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, we. It is amazing that they. So they, if people don't know, they thought about it and then changed their mind. There were going to be four awards that they would just like stick in the commercials and show a shortened, edited version of later. They changed their mind, decided not to do that. But like they were thinking about doing that, even though this year we cut the host. You know, like there's <laughs> no time for hosting, and they were like, there's still not enough time for cinematography or editing. We, we have to have uh, our
4: general montages about the love of movies. There's like yeah. eight of them every
0: year. They're like, <laughs> you know, like. The history of
4: birds in film, and then it's like, uh, just like the birds, and then like uh, the birdcage. You know, it's like what? The Oscars. What's even a bird in the birdcage? It's like I don't know. It's through the montage. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I have like yeah. this
2: idea. It's not. I don't know if it's going to work, but it, it's something I've been talking about. Where with SNL, the way that they solved a lot of their problems was by making it so it's simulcast. So it's you know that time on the East Coast is that time here, and that simultaneously, as every sketch goes up, they know those go onto, onto Twitter, and they know that people like would film their screen weirdly onto YouTube, and so they actually just started putting those on YouTube, and they started making it because they understand that social media works, and I think that's what the Oscars have to start doing. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. mean,
3: it's not shocking that, like, an award show that's all about movies has no idea how TV works, but like they're clueless, <laughs> and like the fact that they care so much about TV, because like as a film critic, my Oscar season starts in August. And it just continues from there. And we do yeah. nothing but talk Oscars from August until February. It's horrible. So then the idea that, like, we can't have an extra hour to talk about editing is, like, insane. Because this we all have gray hair now, and suddenly, like, ratings matter. When, like, I was at a Korean barbecue restaurant last week on a Sunday night, and ABC was showing, like old reruns of America's Funniest Home Videos. So why do they care if the Oscars are another hour long on Sunday? They're not doing anything better.
1: Working so close to the, the industry, inside, it, actually in the industry, since you work in it, your calendar is ruined. The Oscar ruins, they, they ruin half a year. From August when all the prestige movie, when they first tried to convince his first man was gonna win, it, mm. until January dumping ground of horrible movies. Is it annoying for you to get stuck with all of the great movies barely finished for a December 29th release and then have nothing good to go to for the first two months of the year? It's crazy. You're...
3: I mean, I sort of enjoy garbage. So like I mean, the truth is, is like in 10 years, the Oscars are just going to be streamed on Netflix. So they're fighting this thing that they're losing in public hmm. view. And they're sort of shooting themselves and cutting off parts of their body as they go on and transcend into the inevitable like new life they're going to have on streaming. And so it's just bizarre watching it happen where like, it's like watching like a a magician really saw himself in half. And everybody's like, you don't have to do that. And he's like, (laughs) I said, I was, I said I was going to be
2: shorter. Like we're doing it. ow, 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 ow. (laughs) Ow. (laughs)
4: That's also how Christian Bale's finally gonna win his Oscar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, good for ah, me. Take it,
4: take it. Like mid mid movie, they like, just take the Oscar, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leo crawls out of him. <laughs> it's mine. <mom.
1: laughs> <laughs> he gets the <a>
4: lifetime achievement. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. the year for him. Couple couple two birds with one stone.
0: because <laughs> uh. especially in terms of that calendar, I, a lot of you suggested like we have this current thing where the Oscars dictate the entire life cycle of the movie year. It would just completely change if they didn't have to do that. And Danielle in particular picked out that uh, idea, the idea that winter would become like blockbuster season now. Yep. And yeah, absolutely. like specifically yeah. even holiday breaks, right?
2: Yeah, because like if you think about it, so again, kids have what, like two weeks off We all get so many. That's why we like the holiday season. Um, We get like that big chunk of time off, at least four days off for Thanksgiving, during which many of us are going to movies anyway. And a lot of people have, uh, like you know, uh, uh, Deadpool capitalized on this. I believe Titanic was also one one of the first ones that capitalized on this season. Um, And then there's you know that that two weeks between Christmas and New Year's that many people are getting off, or you're you're, like allowed to like not be around to travel. Um, People are already going to movies because either they're Jehovah's Witness or they hate their family. And so, yeah. It could be both. Yeah. Oh, God, true story. And so I think that now what would happen is that back half of November going towards New Year's Day, that becomes either a secondary or maybe even a first blockbuster season where people really start taking advantage of it instead of it being a surprise where it's like oh well this big blockbuster movie opened here and it was huge of course it's huge what else are we doing
0: (laughs) right like (laughs) we
2: don't do bing crosby specials anymore and hang out with our family we all want to (laughs) leave we've eaten we're tired we want to go watch a movie we want to go watch deadpool one and or two yeah Yeah. um, this
3: is exactly why like last year the greatest showman did the hugest business over christmas is people like what do i go see with my mom that is super fun and also, The Greatest Showman is pretty good. <laughs> Garbage subject,
2: great movie. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that. And so that's what I think that would wind up happening, is that more movies would take advantage of that, knowing that, like, I honestly think that in that late November to January 1st period, you could release four huge movies, and all of them would do numbers.
0: Especially, I'm thinking like a lot of our current blockbusters that happen in the summer, it's like very escapist, it really takes you away from things. Mm-hmm. I need that in worse weather. I need that yeah. when the weather sucks. I could be like, ah, I'll just go hang out with the Avengers here. That's yeah, good. I need it you know? when it's like, terrible,
2: and I great. especially need it when Christmas is awkward and we all got to go away because Uncle Ken yeah. keeps talking about QAnon. Like, <laughs> we need something, and it's, uh, you know, like it's one of those periods where, again, We've seen it happen where people have started to recognize that this is such a huge point for movies. Even the summer blockbuster season, when does it start now? Oh, it already started. Captain Marvel's happening in like two weeks. The summer blockbuster season keeps creeping earlier and earlier and earlier and going later and later and later. And so instead of having these movies that come out in March, in April, and we still count them as summer blockbusters, they'll just come out in November or December. I think theaters need that. Summer blockbusters
1: used to be shown on the same regular old movie screen that we watched every prestige film on and now, at everywhere's got the IMAX, the 3D, the 4D experience. Yep. So you got the whatevers. And yeah. so they need a movie to come out or two every month that fill out those theaters.
2: And IMAX those movies aren't going to win Oscars. Yes, IMAX Green but That was the other one that I pitched yeah, that yeah. he didn't mention was like everything's going to be IMAX now. It's going to be IMAX Green, <laughs> be IMAX Green That people. car is just
1: going to come driving at you throwing <laughs> fried chicken at the audience. Yo,
2: uh, every bit of fried chicken he sees, it's going to be like close up on his mouth and it's going to be like, ooh, he really likes flats. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We, we started
4: that as a joke, but that is all of that is a great idea. Entirely yeah.
2: possible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: would watch all of that. Why would Deadpool worry about when it comes out in terms of Oscar season? Nobody was sneezing at it for that. If you're surprised by your Oscar nod, congratulations, you're going to be surprised whatever month you came out in.
0: Kaylin also suggested that if we get rid of the Oscars, we can just stop treating those movies differently. You know, like yes. the fun movies don't have to be like movies that we by extension, refused to give awards every year, you know? Right.
1: I love that Melissa McCarthy is up for both a Razzie and an Oscar because I, I enjoyed wow. Happy Time Murders.
0: Oh. And I'm only a
1: little bit afraid to say it. I liked that dumb movie a lot. When did it tell you it wasn't going to be dumb? What part of that movie was like I'm an austere film going experience? It gave I'm you to change
2: your life philosophy. That was I'm gonna tagline you rethink your life. no Look, it a gave you silly strings it gave you silly string cum right, right in the ass. So much. And if you, that
1: puppet came in, it was done No, that is a scientifically proven joke method where a joke goes on long enough to not be funny and then so long that it is funny again. It's a founding principle of ridiculous <laughs> comedy. Right. And it works every damn time for a reason. True story. I just love that. that <laughs> I, yeah. I have loved so many more Razzie winners than uh, like Best Picture winners that it, to me, is an equally valuable award. Because garbage is terrific. It's I, so I, great. I don't
3: want the Razzies to get any more power than they have. Like If the Oscars <laughs> go away and the Razzies sort of step up, yeah. I have actually been to the Razzies. It was basically like watching the kids that you did not like in high school who were the ones who made you not want to be in theater if they had their own award show. And the Razzies are actually a scam. This is what I learned. You buy the ability to vote in the Razzies. So you pay them money and then you get to cast a ballot. And if you pay them a lot of money, you can actually cast mini ballots yourself, which I've always wanted to do because it is cheap. If you have a thousand bucks, you can basically buy the Razzies. That is
1: so (laughs) petty and I
3: love it. And they're just awful. And there's like scandals happening within the Razzies now where Razzie voters are like, we all voted for this and like the five people, the five theater nerds who are in charge, just like make their own votes. And then they do skits. They do the worst skits. And they're oh, all no. terrible, and there's just so much anguish happening in that room <laughs> that, like, it brought up my inner high school mean girl. And I was like, crush these people. Make them, make them suffer.
0: Because, yeah, like, like you said, the Razzies should not gain any more room. And, uh, and I think, Danielle, you suggested that uh, sort of like the, like, Earth Without People video where, like, people are gone and nature reclaims the cities, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, if the Oscars vanish, we'll still have some awards culture and we'll have all these award ceremonies, like... Like fighting, right? They'll all be like, I will be the top of the mountain now.
2: As I, I kind of mentioned a little bit before, everything will just become the golden globes. Like everything will become this thing where it's like, how we we saw that doing the austerity thing and and that doesn't work and like being super classy or whatever doesn't work. So who can we get drunk? How many, st- everything will be a staircase. Someone gonna trip. Like that's what every award ceremony would be. If it's like American Gladiators.
3: Yes, yes, and so you
2: have to put on a dress and then make it down the stairs while having drunk three or four glasses of vodka with a glass of vodka in your hand and make it up to the front, but that's not where we're done. Because then you do have to leap over another staircase, (laughs) land onto the stage and somehow do a speech with no notes in the 30 seconds provided. It would immediately become American Gladiators. You are right. You get to joust
3: with the orchestra if you go on too
2: long. (laughs) When they start going like, do, 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 you pull out your stick and you're like, fight me bro.
1: It's just like the, the Rock and Terry Crews are the two hosts, just making stars work out, running around. I had watched that. Well, see, one well,
2: that that could also be another way they get people to like stop talking is they just start doing that titty beat dance. Yeah, that'd do it. Where it's like, uh, 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 and everyone's like, oh, I gotta wrap it up. The titty beats jumping.
1: <laughs> It'd make little bell noises. So you could put little bells on them.
2: That would just make me go longer. I
3: mean, why, why
1: would I stop? I don't know. I guess I kind of arrayed, like once we said no Oscars. I just sort of mentally deleted every other award show because I don't think about yeah. them in the same yeah. category. Uh, although you are of course correct that they would rise and battle for dominance, but I just sort of hope they would go away entirely. And I hope that that would happen because there's no opportunity cost to watching a movie anymore as the central role that Oscars would provide to like tell you what movies were good or the money that a critic could save you by actually watching the movie and telling you about it first, isn't as important anymore. We can go see stuff. I mean, whether or not you're going to the theater, if you're uh, like a nerd like me that just insists on maxing out an AMC pass and seeing every piece of trash you can get into. uh, (laughs) uh, Whatever, your opportunity cost is much lower. Even if you're waiting to watch it at home, you're watching it on big old screens that look nice, watch all the movies, watch whatever movies want be entertained be moved but you don't have to worry as much about you know what you're getting into you know it was harder to see in my i've seen 37 winters and in my day it was harder to get to the movies they cost more and there were fewer of them to see it was just you lost more if the movie was crummy. Wait, now you don't.
0: Is 37 winters 37 years old? Yeah, is that, 37 okay, years yeah. old. <laughs> yes, that is. <laughs> saying, 37 consecutive. <laughs> how I tell people my <laughs> age. That's, that's right.
4: Like. Yeah. Do never yeah. question a lady's age? That's oh, right. Just ask how many winters she seen. <laughs> how many winters, seen. yes.
0: Because <laughs> also I, I feel like that thing you're talking about of, of like, I, I don't think everybody wants that Oscar gatekeeping, right? Like there's a thing with the website, correct. Uh, Dan, you mentioned that we found that like stuff about movies uh, with movies in the title does greater traffic than Oscars or Academy Awards in the title, because people are like, oh, those ones, you know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> a little a little behind the scenes of yeah. Cracked here. Yeah, no, I, I pitched a column recently that was about the Oscars, and our editor, Jason, said that for whatever reason, the last five, six years, anytime we write anything with Oscars in the title or about the Oscars or Academy Awards, it tanks. People don't click on it. You know, I know we we all care about the Oscars a lot more being in LA, it's much more of an industry thing, but still even, I still get the impression, even casual. There, there are lots of casual fans of the Oscars. I mean, my mom's watched it every year, and we talk about it every year. I don't think I have a deluded sense of how popular they are. But well, you're like, basing
3: it on your mom. That's very sweet. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the, the, you know, those normals like my. No. Um, but for whatever reason, cracked, which is a movie savvy audience, like yeah. doesn't care about the awards, and I wonder if it's sort of what I was saying earlier about you know, the the movies, whatever wins now, almost feels like trivia. Like, it's like, okay, that won. And then in two years, we're not talking about Argo or Slumdog Millionaire or something like that. And so it's like, they almost don't even care what wins or why it wins. Or they, you know, most readers who are not in Hollywood don't care about the mechanics of, you know, promotion and momentum and the stuff that wins Oscars. And so they just wanna talk about movies in general and the actual content of movies and like, The plot of Black Panther and stuff like that is much more interesting to, even to a movie-savvy audience, not caring about the Oscars was a little surprising to me.
2: Hmm. And also, why Black Panther is overrated and Aquaman should have been, never
0: (laughs) (laughs) And also, as far as like an industry thing, I don't know that everybody knows about it, uh, the phenomenon of screeners. (laughs) People who are in the Academy and around the movies will receive them. And Amy, you suggested that if those go away, that changes uh, just the whole DVD industry.
3: (laughs) It's true. I mean, right now we're very focused on streaming, but it's like there was this tiny little mouse that went extinct, I believe, in Mm -hmm. New Zealand this week. And it's sort of like DVDs are that little mouse. They're kind of going extinct, (laughs) and nobody's paying that much attention to them because they really only show up now at screener season. Like I don't know people who actively go out and buy DVDs anymore, but they're being kept alive by the fact that... like. Every November, my mailman hates me because I get like two hundred movies in the mail, and he's like very upset. And he's always like, "Take your mailbox, check it more." Like, I hate it. I don't want to go outside. And then like, and then they're just there, and then I have to throw all this packaging. But it's like the the paper and plastic and like just shiny discness of it. It's so much resources that are, I'm sure, keeping at least like 10 people alive somewhere in the valley, like (laughs) people with mortgages. And when the screener season ends, for real, when we no longer do that, when everything's like a link, it'll just be this quiet death and those people in the valley will like ride off into the sunset and the DVD will be gone forever and then it'll be like ironic and we'll all love it again like we love Blockbuster. We'll be like, oh my God, what do we do now The DVDs are gone? And like, whoa, and people like wearing like DVD shirts. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be like the Harambe or whatever of of technology. (laughs) And I'm just going to be a little sad. I will be a little sad.
1: I can't wait to hit that nostalgia market on the road with comedy. Y'all remember DVDs?
0: I think I have heard that exact joke from somebody about VHSs. Well, we would have first
1: heard it about uh, cassette tapes. If you were a 90s Comedy Central watcher, you had a lot of, do you remember? And then somebody feigns rewinding.
2: Like sometimes it's like, do you remember albums? It's where we used to like put our drugs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And we were like, I'm nine. I don't know what drugs are. (laughs) Right. But I was still laughing. I was like, yeah, exactly. All of my drugs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My only possession is now that's what I call music, but yes. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Did oh. anyone buy it? now? That's what I call music number sixty nine. It came out. They're on yeah. number sixty nine. I gotta buy it now
2: because it's really? nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now that's what I call music
2: sixty nine.
1: Wham, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna
3: hold it up for four twenty.
2: No, I gotta. <laughs> I
3: gotta what buy if it. What the Oscars just became now? That's what we call movies. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was like well, just it kind of is, right? Yeah. It yeah. already kind of in
4: theory that's what it's trying to be, right?
0: Well, because we were we were talking backstage, I, I think especially you, Dan, about like the. Just inspirational speech about the concept of movies at every ceremony. Like the thesis of all of those is now that's what I call a medium. You know, like that's something.
4: The magic of film. It's like yeah. get, all right, we're we're, like, we're all on board. We're already watching the Oscars. We've seen the movies. We don't need right. to like psych us up for the concept of moving image.
1: Like. It is interesting watching um, older Oscars. I just came from a a little tradition. I'm going back to it. My friends get together the night before the Oscars, uh, my friend Joey Devine's house, and we watch all of the Best Picture nominations in a row. And I just got out. They, They were finishing up Bohemian Rhapsody, which I was all too happy to leave. And I just realized, Of course, I'm the one who notices this is just a movie about dudes talking about dudes. There's a woman in the movie that just basically leans her head in a dorm frame and is like, sorry, I'm married to you, and then leans away. Uh, It's dudes being obsessed with themselves. And I was watching old clips of Oscars just in preparation for the marathon. And so many, what you were saying about dads on screen, it's so many, like boys who need a hug faces on old men in tuxedos. Like before we were even trying with diversity, the Oscars were just openly men crying about acceptance from other men. It was amazing. It's just all these montages of a man shaking another man's hand misty-eyed. Like (laughs) they need this, they need this in a way that I didn't appreciate.
2: Did any of y'all watch that one, the, the, the infamous Snow White Oscar opening? No. No. Okay. Oh, yeah. But yeah. tell us about tell, it. Tell. tell us about it. Okay. So there is a very infamous. Someone had a great idea, and and for me, everyone calls this the worst Oscar opening. For me, I'm like they're all equally <laughs> terrible. <laughs> like this isn't as bad or as good or whatever. And so Snow White comes out and she's like, oh, I'm in Hollywood. I can't believe I'm in Hollywood where I get to see all of the stars. <laughs> and then none of the stars are there. It's just like her and like a bunch of the accountants and the people, oh, I'm so happy to be here with this uh, financier, Mr. Name You Don't Know. And he comes out and he's like, Snow White, it's, it's great. I'm happy you're here. It's the Oscars. We, we did it. And, he's, and she's like, oh it's so magical the magic of hollywood and here's rob Lowe, and he comes out and he's on a lot of cocaine Uh allegedly and (laughs) and he comes out and he's like and then they do like a song or something it is um people will tell you it's the worst thing you've ever seen i want to tell you it's the best thing you've ever seen i cannot wait it is worth that 25 minutes that's 25, 25 minutes. What? Two five.
0: No.
4: I like the gasp from the yeah, audience. Yeah, it's really. <laughs> no. Guys,
2: Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that could be me retconning it because it felt that way, but I feel like it was like 25 minutes long. It's really, really long.
0: That sounds very like Star Wars Christmas special sort of situation. Who knows that? Along
2: with the same amount of people who are uh, staring uh, coke eyed into the camera (laughs) while they try to deliver lines that some poor intern is desperately gesturing to on a fucking, uh, on a teleprompter. Does be Arthur
1: sing and dance.
2: No, God, God, I will. Yeah. No, nothing is that good. <laughs> nothing can be that good forever, Caitlin. You catch the
1: lightning in the bottle. That's You get the one chance. Just the once.
0: Because it is. I feel like everybody saw that when it happened. And, like, that is a thing. I don't know if we would miss it or if we would just be glad it's gone. Like, the Oscars, I guess that in the Super Bowl, they provide that just event that everyone saw. And, like, if it's, like, that thing that was tragically as recent as 2013, where Seth MacFarlane did a We Saw Your Boobs" song, uh, everybody <laughs> saw it. Or like if Marlon Brando wants to do a thing uh, on behalf of Native Americans, everybody sees it. You know, like, like that platform is uh, unique, it's crazy. What I if mean, we lose it? It's
3: so them? rare that this country gets united by like the sound of 250 million
2: people going like, oh my
0: God, did that right. really happen? <laughs> <laughs>
2: and especially today when we have so many options.
0: Another thing with like the traditions of it, I guess, we talked before about how uh, the Academy uh, voters are are pretty old. Uh, You get to vote for your whole lifetime. There's a little over 6,000 of them. Uh, LA Times in 2016 estimated that 91% of them are white and 76% of them are male. Amy suggested that if we get rid of the Oscars that whole community of people will be adrift with just nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't with think these people These folks well, you I don't have to really tell realize
3: them. the stakes of what is going on here because if you're an Oscar <laughs> voter, you can basically spend from September until March, September until February, going out every night and getting free wine and cheese. You know, and if you're a guy who's a little bit older, a little bit lonely, you don't have to buy groceries for like That's like 150 days of the year, I'm bad at math. And it's like your main activity. You don't have much going on, you haven't gotten a job in a really long time, but here you go, every night you're special, people welcome you in, you get wine, it's lovely. I can only imagine, like if I was a retired person, I would be doing it every night, you know? I'd be so there, you get good steak, Roma's been taking people out to nice restaurants. I mean, it's crazy. And if we just cut them off, I mean, these people are addicted to cheese. If you cut them off now, it's basically going to be like a zombie movie over in Beverly Hills. You know, like these just people wandering the streets in search of something free. Bankrupt towns in
1: Italy and France.
3: Yeah, they're going to be so hungry. Exactly.
4: (laughs) People just itching because they need their gift basket Toblerones, like (laughs) like junkies. Like, I need it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that some people know this, to be an Oscar voter... You don't have to have done anything movie-related in the last, like, ten years.
3: Yeah, there's not really a cutoff. They talk a little bit about emeritus status and stuff like that, but you can basically ride for a while. You know, you, you, yeah. get, you, get, you get to go, and your wife gets to come. I mean, it's like a lot. We're talking so much wine. Families full of free chimichurri sauce. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that it's all down to sauces and cheeses. This is great. So uh, it's basically
4: one of our most prized charities we have going, and we shouldn't get rid of it. There's like an underserved community. We'll suddenly...
2: Prepare. Hi! Did your grandpa once produce a seventies Western? <laughs> all grandpas did. Sign him up for the Oscars where we will send him to the finest restaurants where he will get all of the brie, raspberries, and steak that he can afford.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, and it's such an old long running thing. Like this there's a cracked article, Seven Tales of Madness from Behind the Behind the Scenes at the Oscars in nineteen twenty-nine, the first ever Oscars uh, they let all the academy at the time vote on who would win best actor, and they picked Rin Tin Tin, which <laughs> is a, yeah. a dog. That's right. That well, is a, Tin Tin was not a very a human. good actor. And he's, he was a huge star and really great. Uh, I have read Rintintin biography.
3: I'm not gonna handle like any Rin Tin, Tin nonsense here. Rintintin—he's from a war zone. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? He was—he was rescued from Germany uh, during World War One, <laughs> and then he like was brought over here. Rintintin was a tremendous actor. He had a lot of empathy in his eyes. I'm watching job. a movie right now where he like—he's acting against a Mustang who was literally a murderer. In the Wait, si- like, a, like a horse?
0: Like a Mustang? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. in the
3: silent era there was this horse movie star and they like <laughs> cast him because he had killed a kid at like a prison reformatory and they brought him to Hollywood. He did a lot of movies with Rin Tin Tin because mm-hmm. he looked wild. I mean, he was a cool. temperamental diva actor who was also a murderer. So I'm just saying the 20s were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, if Horse murderers are up for awards right now and dogs, Uggie. I mean, I oh, think we'd all yeah. be behind it. Well, if, um, if Alex mean,
4: would like to make jokes about our veterans who are overseas, <laughs> like Rin Tin Tin.
3: Oh, sorry.
2: Paddington 3 better be up for some. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, they better Lord of the Rings
1: that and just give it the last award for Get the last in the trilogy. Paddington strategy. an Oscar. Give Paddington an Oscar.
4: <laughs> he'll, wait, he'll win an Oscar in 30 years for some gritty like performance. <laughs> <laughs> some like...
1: Yeah, some like really
4: depressing Manchester by the Sea. Paddington movie.
1: crawls yeah. out of a bear. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Is like this they're what
4: they're...
3: you want? <laughs>
4: <laughs> this More was amazing. my this was my <laughs> uncle. Yeah.
3: <laughs> It's just called birth if he climbed out of a bear. That's true. That well, is,
4: yes. I just like the idea of Paddington just playing a character in a future movie and them not calling out that it's like a CGI bear. is just like a someone's like father in a film or something. It's Like what is
3: happening with Pokemon and like Ryan Reynolds? It's like happening over there. Pikachu is like a grizzled detective. He's like yeah. in character. This, he is drinks the, coffee. this is the future.
1: It's
0: weird. It is weird. Well, and, uh, because I and I want to linger on those voters, but too because because oh, uh, Caitlin, you'd had an idea that if there's no more Oscars dictating it, we could have some new exciting system of deciding what an exciting prestige movie is.
1: Well, Danielle touched on something. When you brought up sort of the festival, it might emerge out of this reality of no Oscars. My theory would be that films that are big would be in big movie theaters, and then all the lesbian dates that are going to the favorite would go to the theater with a screen that works for that, and it caters to that. You go to a (laughs) tiny theater to see a movie with grown-ups that are going to see the grown-up movie where the grown-ups talk and have the grown-up time. And if you want to go see Spider-Verse, I want to see it with kids throwing popcorn into my 3D glasses. There's a a difference. And I think those little, the theaters that support those movies that do move us and do make us think would become more important because we're not waiting for an academy to tell us and then we're not going to the popcorn tossed in your 3D glasses theaters to see those movies. We could respect the theaters that are in our towns that worked hard to support those movies and go to them there. Uh, yeah. That's where I want to see those movies. And I want those theaters to be important. Because I think every city I've had the pleasure of living in and most of the ones I visit as I did, you know, diddle around the country. I couldn't think of another word other than diddle. Uh, telling them jokes. Tour. Uh, that's the one it's says, I tour professionally <laughs> as a stand-up comedian. That's how you put it. Uh, that's there's the one all these girlfriend awesome like. movie theaters. And they struggle. They do like that. way. Well, yes, she does approve of that. Uh, they struggle. And they shouldn't. They should be be who we look to to figure out what movies are rad and yeah. in my utopia if the Oscars went away that's where we would go see you know mm-hmm. the favorite or the phantom threat or whatever and then you go next door to see the black panther and the spider mans uh, which are great but they aren't comparable
0: Right. And we're letting this like giant academy organization in one place dictate kind of all of art house programming unless they pick something from the past or something pretty specific. you know yeah, yeah that's
2: why like all like not all, but a lot of art houses now are like, I know you need wine.
0: Just, right. like, yes. just like, yes. Just
2: like, come to our theater. We'll give you wine and pizza, girl. We know that's hey, what you need. Yes. Yeah. That, that is how you're going to get through the favorite. That's how you're going to get through all lot of these movies. You're going to get through them through the perseverance of alcohol and artichoke dip. Yep. And I appreciate it. But <laughs> I'm
4: on board. Well, one thing I I do actually like about the Oscars, I mean, we there's all these flaws about it. Obviously, that we pointed out, and they pick the wrong thing a lot of the times, and the methodology is, is like you said is wrong. But like. At least it does give us this small pool of movies that we kind of are all motivated to see. It yeah. gives us common mo- films to talk about. I mean, like I just talked to my mom about The Favorite, and it's like, it it you know it's kind of arbitrary that what did
1: your mom say about The Favorite? She loved it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Round of applause for Dan's mom. Come on.
4: <laughs> yeah. yes. Tell your mom what's was up. Not enough claps for my mom there. I, don't think. I think so.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, agree, I agree, but, but...
4: yeah, um, but like. You know, and so it's like, you know, there's probably other good movies that are unheralded that would love the promotion that that, uh, The favorites getting, but, like, at least, you know, if that was one of a hundred other good indie movies that just was kind of out in the sea of films, like, you know, my mom probably wouldn't see it. We probably wouldn't both know to be like, oh, did you see The Favourite? Yeah, you know, like, it at least narrows it down a little bit, and even though that's kind of imperfect and arbitrary, the movies it does pick, like, at least it gives us that.
1: There are festivals that are trying to do that now. We just don't talk about them like they are the Oscars. And maybe if the Oscars mm-hmm. went away, we would. And we, you know, maybe Sundance or South by could be important in that way. Uh, and then maybe you know the San Francisco Film Festival or like a, you know whatever one they call it in the Portland or in whatever city you're in could be where you go. The Oscar movies that we don't know about until their Best Picture noms push their way through the festival circuit. As well. they. I mean, they used to. I think they still do. Uh, it's true.
3: I mean, I just got back from 11 days at Sundance, and you almost get that sort of exhaustion of like, well, here are the movies I'm going to be talking about for the next 13 months. Yeah, uh, You sort of settle oh, in. Wow. You place your bets, and you're like, okay, and often you're wrong. I thought we'd be talking about blind spotting a lot longer, and I'm sad uh, we yeah. weren't. Didn't
2: we all?
3: Yeah, Didn't we all? And then there's movies that, like, come and die. Like, when uh, the Oscars, uh, when everybody thought for a moment at Sundance that Birth of a Nation was going to be a big deal. Oh, yeah. And you get to, like, you get to really watch the Oscars just launch from there and the madness starts. But it means it's year-round. It doesn't stop. Hmm.
0: Yeah. That's another very sports element of it, too. Like, every sports season you pick four teams that you think will win and then it's the Patriots, but it's also like some random uh, <laughs> team you didn't expect. You March know? Madness! Yeah.
1: Can I can I ask a question uh, to, to you professionals? Did um, Was the, the La La Land into Moonlight win, was that uh, a better parallel dimension briefly interrupting the horrible <laughs> dimension reality that we are in? All right, because we're in the like, you know, Trump is president, uh, you know, our friends are right. dying timeline. Did a little piece of an alternate world where like Moonlight had a clean win and everybody loved it pop into our reality here? Is that what happened? Yeah, was that like that first little flicker where you're sort of like a stutter stop, like all of a sudden
3: the Matrix is wrong, and you you're know, seeing like a yeah. cat walk by twice? Yes. <laughs> I would 100% buy that. Right. I mean, that was probably my favorite Oscars moment in history to date because I am like a living troll and I like it when things go wrong. <laughs> but I've never felt more joy than like sitting there with this, right? gi- we, we commissioned this gigantic cake that said, moonlight on it, and it was all clashing colors. It was horrible—pink and red and, and green <laughs> and blue and black. It was the worst. And it said moonlight, and I was just planning on fake crying into it when it lost. And just—you and just... had got
2: to have your cake and eat it. Too. I did. Literally, that is what happened. I'm picturing the reality where you actually like were like taking your, all of your like your glasses off or whatever, and then dunking your head to the cake, and then someone's like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> That was but the it's beautiful. I mean, really, that, that
3: could be the moment right? when life went wrong. My question to you is, Is you would you rather have a La La, La, a La, La Land win in, like, a Hillary Clinton presidency oh. or a Moonlight win in a
1: Trump <laughs> presidency? <laughs> I mean, yeah. if there's a choice. Don't do this. Brian Gosling, you dance away with that Oscar and my heart. I don't hate <laughs> it that much. Uh, I just don't want it to be, I don't want to compare it to Moonlight. I want La La Land to be a, a movie that some people can like, and I can be like, "Good for you." That's what I want it to be. I don't want it to be <laughs> in the same category as like that movie that I think you, everyone should just see for always.
4: Well, I, I would like to think that there was something meaningful in that, you know, me, Moonlight La La Land, but I really think it was just La La Land's momentum peaked real early that award season. Moonlight came in later, it won, yeah. and that the next year, you know, the La La Land versus Moonlight of next year is not any more or less likely to be
1: the Moonlight. La La Land's inertia went so far that theoretically the name was printed on a card. at yeah. least to Warren Beatty's cataract-clouded eyes. Well,
2: technically, so what happened was it was um, they still, they were given the card that was for, um, I believe it was Emma Stone. Yeah. And oh, that's in La right. La now I remember. that's why they had two the I remember two Warren cards. Beatty being like, I can read! But I forgot what the circumstance
1: of that was.
0: Well, also, uh, and The best like, part
3: was Faye Dunaway being like, not my problem. And just yeah. walking off and not caring at all.
0: So I, I guess, I guess the upshot of it is, would we be happy or sad if the Oscars went away? Would it be great or bad? I know it's overall a mixed thing, but ultimately, maybe there is something to that thing you mentioned, Dan, of like you and your mom were directed to a touchstone. Like, I I remember having a job where it was a huge age range of us doing this. It was zoo tours, and so it was like 20, 50, 80, everybody. And uh, we could all talk about Braveheart, like, all the time. It was just very easy, you know? Maybe it's good in that way. I don't know.
1: I don't know. It's hard to leave a bad relationship. You know, it's, it's <laughs> a reason you stay. <laughs> I mean,
3: I love Gods of Egypt. I love Venom. I love the Oscars. Hell yes. They're all part of the same glorious mess of what we do. You know? Yeah. You're right.
2: Yeah, yeah, no. In the same way that, like, I, you know, the Super Bowl definitely happens. I love the commercials, I love WrestleMania. Um, the uh, Don't laugh But I do I, like, I love the Oscars If nothing else I love that we all Have this like day Where we all sit around And whether you saw The movies or not We eat like weird Pun snacks Caitlin are you making fun Of what I'm making tomorrow? What are you making? You, tell me again Tell the people What are you making? I'm making the salad Of Buster Scruggs
3: Hell yes <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Hell yes And then I'm making Can you
1: ever forgive meatloaf?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's
2: amazing, Caitlin. You said you, you, uh,
1: my sweet lady, made a uh, Rachel Vice verse rolls. Uh, They're pigs <laughs> and blankets, and we served them with uh, Olivia Coleman mustard and uh, Emma Stonegram mustard
2: see and like that and then they fight because who's yeah we're in love for a
1: reason y'all uh, hey. So I, yeah, like I what we're talking about is spectacle yes. spectacle is beautiful and spectacle is disgusting by necessity that's exactly what it is it's both and the Oscars is terrific and of course it's fucking awful we're barfing out DVDs needlessly into the old men's greasy cheese covered hands for no reason <laughs> and-, and I watch it every year
0: Folks, that's the episode for this week. My thanks to Dan Hopper, Amy Nicholson, Caitlin Gill, and Danielle Radford. What an amazing panel of people who I did not talk about very much at the top of uh, of this episode you heard. So in the food notes, there are all kinds of links to amazing things they are doing. Dan's an amazing comedy writer, especially on Twitter uh, publicly. Danielle's an amazing comedian and podcaster. Uh, you can also find Caitlin doing great comedy all over LA in particular, but elsewhere too. And uh, you can hear Amy Nicholson on the Unspooled podcast, which I hope you know, it's, it's an amazing Earwolf movie podcast where she and Paul Shear get into uh, the AFI Top 100 films in a really, just really impressive way. There's a lot of digging, a lot of humor, a lot of sort of re-experiencing these films that maybe you've seen or you want to experience as audio uh, from amazing people for the first time. Either way, highly recommend Unspooled with Amy Nicholson. We've also got links there about some of the Hollywood business we talked about. And uh, then, of course, we have links to see this show live in cities besides Los Angeles. Did you enjoy, uh, you know, that version of the show where there's an audience and, and, you know, I'm an electric performer and everybody else is having a good time, too? Well, we are going to do that kind of general thing in Chicago, Illinois, April 11th at Lincoln Hall. Then we're going to do it in St. Paul, Minnesota at Amsterdam Bar and Hall on April 12th. Ticket links are in the footnotes for both of those shows, and I hope you'll join me in those cities. Hope you'll also join me in listening to Chicago Falcon by The Budos Band because it is our theme music. This episode was engineered and edited by Chris Souza. Special thanks to the whole team at the UCB Sunset Theater, in particular Beth Appel and Eric Cohen and Jay Spalding. And if you love this episode, that's great. If you hated it, let me know about it on social media. That's right. Social media, a space where we all had that one reaction to the Oscars, you know? Oh man, what a thing. My own Twitter account is at Alex Schmidt. My Instagram is at Alex Schmidstagram. And I'm on the wider internet at my website, alexschmidty.com. And I'm here to say we will be back next week with more Cracked Podcast. So how about that? Talk to you then.